Hello everyone, I'm Alex Majorana. And I'm Sydney Lynch. And this is Little Known Tracks. This week we talk to Philly-based singer-songwriter Zoe Lemon. An avid climber and explorer, she's currently renovating her new camper van for her next adventure. Starting violin at a young age, she played in several of her friends' bands and found her community in music. Her first single, Horizons, tells the story of a couple's breakup from the perspective of the fly in the van. She's currently working on her first EP, which will be filled with songs written on her road trip, primarily about hair. Without further ado, Horizons by Zoe Lemon. Lemon, thank you so much for being on with us today. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So the first thing that we wanted to talk a little bit about was bouldering. So you told us that was something that you do and you just went on a trip to go experience that. Uh, tell us a little bit about bouldering, how you got invested in it and what it is, I guess. <laughs> so bouldering is um, a style of rock climbing where you're not roped in and no one's belaying you um and the walls if you go to like a rock climbing gym they're not as high um obviously because you're just sort of like free falling onto the mats um 
I should preface it by saying I'm really not that great at all. So serious novice over here, but it brings me so much joy. It's so fun. I hate being active kind of, that sounds terrible, but I'm a pretty sedentary person. So um, for me, it's a great way to be active and like find a community that's similar to me yet like active and fun and doing things outside my comfort zone. So that's kind of how I got into it. And then it's just one of those things I just got hooked. Like I just started going every day and then you have like different projects so, um, like a V zero would be pretty easy. And like a V like five, six, seven, eight is like, um, kind of like the general hardest sort of bouldering climb. Um, so that's the general idea of what bouldering is. And I was just in Joshua Tree, which is so fun. A group of my friends who also climb, we all went out there to celebrate one of my friend's birthdays and just to kind of hang out in the sunshine while it was gray and cloudy here. It was super fun. So you said that you were doing this like every day when you started, but you are also uh, in Philly. So where, where do you do that? So good question. Shout out to Philly Rock Gym's Fishtown location on York Street. I love that place. If you need a place to start climbing, totally recommend their location in Philly. They have a bunch of like location East Falls. I think they have one in like Oaks, kind of out in the suburbs area, and a few more. I think there's also one in Malvern. Um, but I went to the Fishtown location. So, so great. So fun. So welcoming. Super easy. Pretty affordable. I, there's a couple rock gyms in the city, and I think um, PRG was the most affordable. So that's kind of what drew me in there. I do live in South Philly and the rock gym is in Fishtown. So after, I think actually just happened, I think like January, I just um, stopped my membership and I think I'm going to join another gym. So I'm leaving, (laughs) leaving there, but headed to the cliffs, which is a bit closer. For bouldering, assuming there's no fear of heights, while you're up there because you're not like roped in or anything because I feel like that would be the most jarring part of the experience kind of like getting to that point and then realizing like now I have to get down (laughs) yeah no that is I think that that is really scary um and I've definitely had some clients where I've just not like I've been like okay I can reach and I can get to um the end here but like how am I gonna get back down I'm too scared So that's definitely something I think one thing that's really drawn me into rock climbing and bouldering is um, the mental game. So you're like 10 to 15 feet off the ground. Like it's really, and that sounds like a lot, but it's, you're falling into really thick mats. Like it's, it would be pretty difficult to like hurt yourself. Um, So I think a lot of it is like mind over matter and problem solving and just using, using your mind, like really in tandem with your body, which I think at least I feel like my generation on our generation is kind of losing a bit with everything being online and 
Yeah, like having to be super present in that moment to so present. Yeah, that's figure a great it out. Totally, totally. I don't present. know. That sounds kind of like a challenge to me that it's hard to get injured because I would do that and I would break my arm within well, 10 minutes. I'm not way it. too. We're the same way like that. Like just incredibly unlucky. Is that how you feel? I sat down on a snowboard and broke my arm. Oh gosh. Alex. <laughs> I'll take it to my grave. I won't tell anybody. I won't tell anybody. <laughs> I will. I would do that too. <laughs> That's the type of thing. Like just recently, this is so embarrassing. I was, I shouldn't even say this. I'm like so embarrassed. So I had just gone grocery shopping to Trader Joe's and I took the subway there and I, and I like get back with my groceries and I make it like all the way into my, to my building door. And there's like three floors and you just kind of walk up. I'm on the second floor. So I'm all the way at my door and I kind of like, okay, these paper bags are maxed out. Like, you know, the Trader Joe's bags. So I'm like, okay, we made it. We made it. And as I'm like walking up the steps, I don't know what happened. I fell like up the steps. The paper bags like burst. And oh, I no. just kind of like tumbled down. <laughs> I like amidst all my groceries. Like what just happened? I don't even know like how I got into this situation. So as I'm kind of sitting in disbelief at the bottom of my steps, like my neighbor walks in. And he's just looking at me who he doesn't really know, like sitting at the bottom of the steps around like, you know, a jar of olives, a loaf of bread, a dozen oh, no. eggs. Like what, what did he think? I don't know. So I can really Did he just like, like walk by? Did he just ignore oh, yeah, you? He just walked by. He just walked by. <laughs> he did, did not he care. Maybe it was like, oh, I won't embarrass her. Like, yeah, I didn't even not, see it. I'm not going to see anything. I didn't, I didn't see, see it. any of this. Wow. Yeah. So funny. But if I can climb, Alex, you can climb. We should all go climbing together. I will offer great moral support from the side. <laughs> uh, I Fair will enough. cheer you guys on, but Fair. I don't know if the climbing life is for me. <laughs> <laughs> Love that. Yeah. So the other thing that uh, you told us a little bit about that you were kind of interested in um, is you have like a camper van now. And that seemed like maybe not necessarily a hobby, but something you just kind of picked up and were like, I guess I'm doing this now. Well, in a sense, you're right. But since I've been like 11 or 12, I've been really into alternate styles of living. (laughs) I don't know how I got into that, but I just have always been like into yurts or into just like camping and into tiny homes and tree houses and so um when I graduated college I like took a minivan which Alex I think you know this and I just like gutted the back of it and turned it into like a really mini camper and just went across the U.S. Oh, that's awesome. It was so fun. It was so, 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 so fun. And that really kind of gave me the bug for like camper vans and the idea of like a home on wheels and sort of being a nomad, but like having everything you need with you. So when my friend was selling his 1979 Dodge Maxi van, I was like, I can't let this go to someone I don't know. I love this thing. So I drove it from Wisconsin to my parents' house. And I've been slowly working away on it. Any any chance I get. <laughs> it's a big project. 
I can imagine. What are your like end goal plans for it? What have you done to it so far? And then what do you see it, you know, looking like once you're finished? Yeah, that's a good question. So I, it had, um, original like carpeting, um, original, like hardware. It, it does look like it's been like painted over a couple of times, but it was really dark kind of crusty colors. So I gutted everything, but I left um, like the same structure because I think it's just fun to have it exactly how it was built. So um, when you open up like the side door, there's a kitchenette with like a two burner stove and a small sink and some cabinets. Um, So I just like sanded that down and it was like someone had painted over like a vinyl sticker basically. So I'm kind of getting down to that. And I think I'm just going to paint it a light color. I think camper vans are kind of a tough thing because super small. Um, and in the back, even though I exposed a bunch of the windows that were covered up, it's still like, there's not like a lot of natural light, which is something I didn't really realize until I was working on it. So definitely like brightening it up, repainting everything. I got some like uh, peel and stick tile so um, I'm going to put that down. We don't need 70s shag carpet. We don't need that in our lives. <laughs> There's other options. So yeah, that's kind of my weekend project as it is. As it I is don't know now. why, but while you were describing like lightening it up, I imagined like a little chandelier <laughs> in the back. <laughs> and I don't so know cute. why that's where my mind went, but I think <laughs> that would be fun. I want to remember that. I'm going to remember that. Maybe I will put a little baby chandelier in there. Not opposed. <laughs> something to keep in mind. <laughs> yes. Yes. I guess it would have to be like plastic or something because I feel like glass. Not get a whole bronze cast chandelier. Yeah. <laughs> I need like a raw iron <laughs> chandelier or something. <laughs> so you seem uh, fairly busy with uh, taking trips and moving around and working on a camper van. Um, but we know that music, uh, is also a part of your life and that takes up some time. So tell us where that comes in and how you got your start in music. So my family is a pretty creative bunch. Um, and my mom has played piano like since she was a child. And so, um, she used to do these really like wholesome piano lesson swaps with one of her friends who also played piano So me and my siblings would all get piano lessons from my mom's friend, Trish, and Trish's kids would all get piano lessons from my mom. So it was like so cute and wholesome. And I really did not enjoy playing the piano much. I don't really know why, but I just didn't really like it. But I always, I don't know what it was, guys, but I always wanted to play violin. If you ask my parents, like, I would turn on Hilary Hahn plays Bach records and air violin to them when I was like seven. And so eventually I just kind of wore my parents down and they were like, I guess she's not going to give up this phase. Like we just need to get her lessons. So that's kind of how it all started for me. I, I feel like my love for music totally comes from my family. And uh, I mean, my dad, like his music, catalog is just out of this world and so so fun to listen to the records of his youth and what he's into now and 
I got really, really into classical music and I, I was like, I started to do this dual enrollment in high school because I felt like I was wasting too much time at school when I could be practicing. So I just went to the local community college for all my classes and I probably practiced. My mom says I played like eight hours a day. I don't know if that's true, but I was just really, really into um, playing, playing classical music. And um, I didn't really realize that at the time, but it was, I was just practicing alone. So it was a lot of like alone time, me and my violin. And looking back, I, I was in a couple bands and I played with my friend, Nicole, and I did like play kind of pop rock garage high school bands as well. But I really spent borderline like too much time just kind of in my room, like trying to experience music, but music is a community thing. And I was really kind of like seeking it as a solo thing. So, um, I definitely, I, I definitely feel like I have now as a young adult, I have a little bit of like a complicated relationship with, um, classical music or just like cre creating music for music's sake. Cause I think it's really about like who you're playing it with and, uh, the message that you're, you know, trying to send, I guess, with your songs. So when did you start kind of working with other people a little bit more like collaboratively instead of just kind of sticking to your own stuff? I guess I should preface it by saying I was always in youth orchestras as well. So I wasn't like, it wasn't always me, myself and I, but, um, I would say my friend Nicole Zell asked me to be in her band. Ugh, I don't know how old I was, maybe like 10th grade or something. And that was my first experience, like playing shows and playing out. And I remember we opened for this band, the DuPont Brothers at the Kennett Flash. I don't know if that's still a venue, but, um, it just brought like so much life to my experience. I feel like I had all these skills that I was working on in my lessons and in my practice time, but I wasn't really able to, to use them in a way that felt like, you know, fun, I guess. And so that was my first experience of like, oh wow, music can just be like a blast to play. So that was my first experience. And then um, I guess I, I always had like a little trickle of like those sort of projects happening kind of until now. I feel like just always, I love playing in other people's bands as well as my own. <laughs> so how did that experience uh, kind of translate to the music that you are making now? I think you take those things with you, right? Like those, you know, times in people's garage, just kind of trying to figure out how to write a song. I think a lot of those uh, skills and thoughts are still what I come back to when I'm writing today or when I'm working with um, other bands. I think I remember Nicole and I recording in her, basement that like wasn't finished but we like hung like all these sheets over like mattresses that we had like trash picked it was 
absolutely janky. <laughs> um, but it was so fun. And I remember her telling me how she wanted me to like record these layers so that it doesn't sound like one violin. I was creating like stacks over whatever chorus of one of her songs. And so I think coming, I come back to that all the time whenever I record for other musicians and bands. I do a similar thing today. So I, I think I'm always using that information. So at what point did you decide that you wanted to start making and writing your own music? Because you've worked with so many people and you've kind of like developed a lot of these skills. But as of uh, late, as of recently, uh, you've started to write your own music, make your own stuff. You've released uh, your first single. So tell us a little bit about how you got to that point. I've always been a songwriter. I have journals. I'm looking at them right now over the years of just me writing songs. I've always, I've always loved that. I sing all the time. My, my brothers growing up used to beg me, so please, you know, great that you're singing, but we need a break. You've got to stop. So, um, I just really didn't connect the dots. Honestly, it sounds kind of dumb, but I really didn't think about creating my own music because I played violin and I was like this feels kind of weird to like sing and play violin like ah like I don't want to just sing I feel like my identity is in being a violinist as a my musical identity so I just felt like maybe I just wrote songs for myself and then eventually I was like what in the world why would I why wouldn't I like try to merge the two and sort of see what happens so that's when I started recording and I did, I created a lot of demos on my van trip um, in like the back of my minivan on, on this laptop and had my violin, like no microphone, just using the internal mic. So yeah, that's how it all started for my solo project. So tell us a little bit more about the single Horizons, um, how it came to be, the writing process, the recording process. Uh, everything like that. I wrote it. Um, I was overhearing a conversation. I think I was in Omaha, Nebraska, and I was sitting in the back of my minivan, like eating ramen after like exploring the city for a day. And I remember vividly, I was parked outside of like a Jamba juice bar that had like apartments over top of it. And I'm just like sitting there. I wasn't like listening to anything. I'm just kind of like taking in the day and the scene. And I totally saw this like pretty terrible breakup happening like at the apartment or the door like up to the apartments over the Jamba Juice. And um, it just really like struck a chord with me. I kind of felt like I was just flat on the wall in this like intimate situation and I was watching like these two people's lives really change. And then I was thinking how my life was changing. And so I, I kind of reverted back to like, well, those people like still exist in Omaha, Nebraska, probably right now, just like they maybe always have. And just how I still exist, like in at that time in my minivan, driving across the country, I'm seeing the same sun rise and the same moon rise every day. Um, but everything feels so different. So that was sort of the inspiration for um, 
writing horizons. And then when I got back to Philly, my two like wonderful dear friends, Rob and Packy, were like, Hey, we're starting this recording company. Can we like, can we record your music for you? I was like, perfect. I'm so overwhelmed. Like I'm tinkering on GarageBand. Don't know what the heck I'm doing. So it really came together so seamlessly. And there's more, there's more in the vault. <laughs> yeah, that was uh, one of the the demos and one of the things written. Um, <laughs> I assume there's another song for every state. Wow. That's Nebraska. That's that's Nebraska. I could pull a Sufjan Stevens. I don't know if I am. I don't know if I'll do that. But it's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. It's a lot. I did count up the other day. I think I've been to thirty-seven states, all like continental U.S. But that's kind of crazy, right? That's cool. <laughs> More than that's we've crazy. been to. <laughs> yeah. Well, a lot of them, like Nebraska, I just kind of like drove over. So I don't know if that really counts. You know, I didn't spend. Like, well, yeah, but you had a you had an, like, you had an experience. You had an experience. <laughs> I did. I had an experience, guys. And now we all know about it <laughs> with the single. Although I think a lot of people think it's about like my life because a lot of people will be like, oh, like even people that know me well will, will be like, I didn't know like you know, X, Y, and Z about like this relationship or this guy. And I'm like, what? Like, that is not. It's about some people at a Jamba Juice. (laughs) (laughs) Like it's about people I don't know. (laughs) What a fun thing to write a song about, honestly. Okay. Not fun. Like actually, but like what an interesting. It was kind of fun because I don't like in a weird way. It was very like impersonal, even though I was like sort of relating it to my life. So it it did feel personal. But I think I thought about that moment so many times and I was like, it just gets weirder every time I think about like these poor people that I'm just like psychoanalyzing the like five minutes of their life that happened to be like the demise of this relationship. (laughs) An interesting perspective to like think of, because usually like in that, perspective it's just like the two people and then it's done you never yeah. think of like somebody else watching <laughs> it like in the back of their minivan <laughs> and perceiving it but Break up with somebody do a do a 360 beforehand <laughs> lurking in the shadows make sure there's no one perceiving you <laughs> exactly exactly <laughs> oh my goodness so you did say that you have some other things in mind in the works uh, is there anything you can tell us about those? Uh, any strange stories that we'll get to hear in any of the the songs you're releasing anytime in the future? So, hmm, I don't know about any weird, strange stories so much, but um, it's an EP. I'm really excited about it. All the songs were written like Horizons during my road trip, so it's a pretty like clear and um like honest snapshot of where I was in 2021 and I'm I'm really excited to share with people it'll be my first EP um other than like you know that little Horizons single Horizons won't be on that um EP but yeah I'm really I'm really stoked about it 
Do we have like a time frame that we could look yeah, for? Yeah, I'm thinking late spring, but I don't know how okay. you guys are. I'm fashionably late to everything. So I'm thinking late spring, early summer, be, late yeah, summer, you know. Exactly, exactly. No, 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 no. It's got to <laughs> be, it's going to be out by summer for sure. For sure. <laughs> I'll say Take that. Take your time with it regardless. <laughs> As long okay. as you're happy with the outcome, just take right? your time. Right. Okay. Wise words from Alex. Thank you. I need to remember that. So on the EP a little bit, I know um, this is kind of a, like you said, a snapshot into this period of your life. Is there any like particular themes that we might be able to hear throughout this or any kind of particular musical like sounds um all the songs are all the titles of the songs have to do with hair um and the ep i think i'm gonna call it camp hair um just because i feel like i don't know my hair is like a big identity thing for me and i think a lot of life how you like take care of your hair and just i don't know i think there's a lot of analogies for life, especially my life in that period that I can relate to hair <laughs> and sort of what my hair was doing. Um, so that's kind of quirky, but thematically, there's a lot of hair references. <laughs> um, sonically, sonically is tough because I was in such a minimalist mode when I was on the road. So it was really just my voice and my violin. That was all I had. So the demos are very minimal, very bare, uh, like way too many violin stacks. <laughs> um, and so coming back into the studio with Rob and Packy, they have so many more like tools and so just like a incredible amount of knowledge with um logic and ableton and using midis and packy's a great keys player and drummer so he just brings like so much to the table and rob is such a great engineer so i feel like the songs have really taken on um a sound that is so different from how i wrote them and that's something that I've really been struggling with and sort of toying with as I work on this record is, should I have the sound sound like how I originally envisioned it? Or because I'm recording it, you know, a year, two years later, does it take on a totally new sound? Because I'm kind of a totally new person. So that is definitely like a push and pull that I'm dealing with now. And thinking about um and I would say each song has been different sometimes I'm like you know what guys we're taking it back totally acoustic me and my violin but not every track some of the other tracks I'm like no way we need drums and bass on this for sure so that's been really fun to play around with and to think about yeah that's like super interesting to have like as a thought just here are these old songs that are like a reflection of what that was to me. And here I am now working with these people, like doing music in a collaborative space. Um, and what is, what does it become? Right. right. Um, yeah, that's super cool. Absolutely looking forward to 
hearing um, the EP whenever it comes out. Um, all of the hair. Love to hear it. Oh, thank you. Thanks for, yeah, thanks for, you know, just being like supportive and kind and taking an interest. I really appreciate it. We wanted to talk a little bit about, um, I think we got like a lot of the inspirations that you've kind of touched on uh, in terms of things like themes. Um, but what are some of the more like musical influences that you've had? We know you said like classical music was something that you were very interested in, but is there anything else now that maybe has a little bit more pull or anything that you think of that is like more influential to your music? Well, getting back to my dad um, and just his like infinite playlist, he's a total 80s like dream pop guru. And so that's really like what I grew up on. I would say the music of my youth is really, uh, I don't know, Tears for Fears, The Cure, sounds like that. So I think I kind of revert back to those sounds a lot naturally. But as an adult, I went through like a pretty big jazz phase for a bit there. And I feel like artists like Wes Montgomery and um, obviously John Coltrane goes without saying. Um, so those are also influential to me. But lately, if I had to say like three top influences Bonnie Vare, Kate Bollinger I'm actually I might be like really butchering her last name I'm not sure and like Erica Badu maybe that's just off the top of my head it would change if you asked me in an hour <laughs> so give it like another day and it'll be a whole different set of people yeah I'm also really into beach house too so there's a lot. There's a lot happening. It's good to have a lot of uh, source material. <laughs> Variety. Yeah. Yeah, right? <laughs> Variety for uh, different types of inspiration. <laughs> Sometimes it's like an overload, but most of the time it's fun to think about how different all of those musicians are and like sort of what my favorite parts of them are and then trying to blend that. <laughs> So the other thing that we uh, wanted to talk a little bit about was uh, live shows. We know you have performed some live shows and you said that you were in a youth orchestra. So I assume there were some live shows as a child as well. Um, tell us about your experience with live shows and maybe how it's changed over time. Let's see. I always tell people that I love being the center of attention, which is true, but I'm also a bit type A. And I am a perfectionist. So I feel like whenever I play live, I dance this dance of like, yeah, lights are on me. Everyone is looking at me. I love it. And then also like messing up once and just having like a total internal breakdown. So um, I'll be honest and say live shows are tough for me. I feel like it's a, such an emotional roller coaster for me. And I oftentimes feel like pretty... Um, like awkward on stage slash like totally loving it slash totally hating it all at the same time. And um, I don't know, I'm a pretty like sensitive, emotional person. So then I think I, I don't really like brush it off my shoulders very well if like something doesn't go as planned. But I will say in the past year, I've um, been performing 
more and more. And I think I've sort of come to love those moments of like, oop, that didn't go as planned. But how sick is that? That like we all got to experience this in this room and it lives only here and in our memories now. So I think um, kind of reframing my anxieties is been like a fun project and a process that is still happening all the time. I was going to say that's a beautiful way to look at things because I can very much relate to like the type A things need to go as planned, you know, Um, but having that like, no, we get to experience like something different together is really great and just a really cool way to to think it out. Yeah, thanks. I'm still working on believing it, but I like I totally easier said than done, but I really love that. True. And then like, um, you know. I'll play a show and be like, oh my goodness, like that moment that we all shared was a nightmare, right? And it's all fault. Like, (laughs) so I'm still, still working it out, but that is like where I want to be. Steps in the right direction. Yeah. 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 I was in a rehearsal yesterday um, for a show coming up on the 21st, which there'll be more info on that coming shortly. Um, But I was telling, my friend who's playing keys, I was like, I don't know what it is about playing my own shows, but I always feel like a 12 year old at a talent show, just like, like just a mess, just an utter mess and like loving it, but going to look back in 24 hours and just be like, Oh, so like, mm, like, sorry. Like, ugh. so it's this funny thing of like, I need to get over it because I love my music and I want to play it for people. I think it's fun, but also feeling just, yeah, like that 12 year old at the talent show, like doesn't know what's happening. (laughs) Again, steps in the right direction. Like you've got the mindset to do it. So (laughs) yeah, (laughs) mindset is there. The reality, not so much. (laughs) takes time to reverse like 20 20 some years of uh of thinking so yeah yeah original thought process so So you have a show coming up tell us all about it um so i'm opening up for connor kirk at the grape room which is like a manny young little philly venue on january 21st music starts at eight i think doors are at seven or 7 30 so everyone that listens to this podcast, I better see you at the grape room. If I don't, very sad. No. If I don't, I will cry. It'll be fun. Yes, we'll be we'll boycott. We know I'm a huge fan of Little Known Jack, so that would be a lie if I said that. Yeah, well, we're definitely looking forward to the EP that you've got coming up. Um, any live show that you're doing. Hopefully you get to that point where you're okay with the mistakes and you're just living in the moment. (laughs) Yeah. Looking forward to it. Um, Sydney, did you have any other questions for Zoe? So where can we find and follow you online and listen to all of your music? So you can, um, you can stream my music on any platform and I'm pretty much solely an Instagram girl. My username is Zona Zoe Z O H underscore not Zoe Z O E Y. Um, I would say I'm an infrequent poster, but I do love my 
35 millimeter film. So there's a lot of that happening on there. <laughs> Once again, uh, Zoe Lemon, thank you so much for being on with us today. It's been a pleasure talking to you. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for listening to Little Known Tracks. If you or a loved one want to be featured, send us an email at littleknowntrackspodcast at gmail.com. Also, feel free to follow us over on Twitter and Instagram at LKTPod for more information about the podcast when episodes come out and occasionally giveaways and things of that nature. Thank you again for listening. See you next week.